Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeff C. And I'm Grace Duffy. And before we jump into today's awesome topic with Tara Zerker, our awesome guest, we want to let you know that today's show is being brought to you by the YouTube Marketing Summit, which is being brought to you by Social Media Examiner. You can get all the details and find out how to sign up and when to sign up at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash summit. Again, that's socialmediaexaminer.com slash summit. Yeah, and we are so excited today to be joined once again by Tara Zerker, and we're going to explore Facebook's plans to limit the number of ads on a page. What? Yeah, so later in the show, we'll also cover some more updates from Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. But if you do not know who Tara Zerker is, she is a a Facebook ads and Google AdWords strategy expert. She is the founder and CEO of the Successful Ads Club, a membership site designed for marketers who want to improve their Facebook and Instagram ads performance. She's also the author of The 100K Journey, The Field Guide to Lessons You Should and Shouldn't Repeat in Your Business. Tara, thank you so much for coming back to the show. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited to be here. What an amazing group today, too. Yes, they're blowing it up down below. It's awesome to see everybody (laughs) joining in. So, Grace, kind of break down some of this 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 news for us. Give us kind of a little, I guess, intro, and then Tara's got some I mean, really exciting things to say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the big news this week, our lead story, is that Facebook will soon impose limits on the number of ads that a page can run, and they will start doing this, uh, they say, February of 2021. So they're going to set these limits based on the highest ad spend of the month for the previous year. They shared a chart on their Facebook newsroom blog of what those numbers exactly are, and it breaks it down for us. So cue the freak out, because I think the headline that every (laughs) news source came out was Facebook limiting ads. We're just like, how does that make sense? So Tara, break down, please, if you will, what is actually happening with this news? Let's go over the key points and let's really look at these numbers, because I really, after looking into the story and studying it more, I, I really don't know that it's that big of a deal, but you tell me, you tell us. Yeah, It's a little bit of a fake news story. I think. Um, <laughs> okay. So here's the deal, right? So basically if you, let's say that you spent less than $100,000 in your highest spending month last year, then your ad limitation would be 250 ads at a time. This is going to include ads that are in review and anything that's active. It wouldn't include anything that you turned off, right? And so if you turn off an ad, you're going to open up a slot for another ad. And so I don't think there's very much to worry about here. In fact, I kind of wondered, you know, what is Facebook seeing that they would impose this limitation? They must be seeing that advertisers are really 
of using or, or just don't really know how to use the system most effectively. Because honestly, when I broke down the numbers, let's say you had a $10,000 a month ad budget. You know, it's a pretty good size. And if you implemented... Um, any best practice system, we have a system that's a great system, but any best practice system out there, you are going to be running maybe 30 ads. I would say 30 to 40 ads kind of max to hit that 10,000 per month. So this should not be freaking people out because mm -hmm. it, that's, and that's a good size budget in order to really like, um, you know, go crazy you would have to be doing so many low budget ads and that's really not the best way to use the platform. What Facebook is trying to do is prevent people from doing so much creative testing at once or so much testing at once that it's kind of overwhelming their ad account. And what they're trying to do is help people be more effective. And they've introduced a lot of features and more importantly, they've improved a lot of features that allow people to consolidate their advertising a little bit more effectively, such as, you know, like it or hate it, <laughs> CBO, <laughs> your campaign budget optimization feature. That's a big one. I can tell a great story, uh, behind the scenes story with that one. Um, uh, creative dynamic. And I've got a really cool formula to share with you guys, cool. uh, if we have time for it, but there's yeah. all these improved or new features that Facebook has introduced in the last couple of years to help advertisers be more effective. Now, your more advanced advertisers have pushed back against these features because we like to have complete control. <laughs> um, I remember, for example, when it was, we did not consider it best practice to do auto placements when that feature first came out. That was very buggy and it was definitely ineffective. And as the machine kind of learned and learned and learned, I mean, millions, hundreds of millions, maybe even who knows, possibly billions of data, you know, data points now across so many millions of advertisers, I'm sure billions of data points that they've collected. And now auto placements is kind of silly not to use. If you were, you know, selecting your ad placement, you know, oh, I only want ads on Instagram and only Instagram stories, for example. It's just a very ineffective use of your budget nine times out of 10. There are use cases where you would select your platforms and whatnot. But Facebook has made it so much simpler for us to say, you know what, Facebook, you've got so much learning in that machine. Just you decide where the ads go. You decide, you know, the schedule of them. You decide all these various features, right? I remember a couple of years ago, I was sitting in the Austin uh, I guess, satellite right. uh, headquarters for Facebook. And we were invited to a very small workshop. There were about 70 advertisers. And then later we were, we were pulled into a conference room to discuss one of our accounts that was doing really well. And they shared with us that this company, this sock company, Bombas, which has now become right. a Facebook darling. But at the time, they said, hey, we just did this very cool experiment with Bombas and we want to show it to you. Uh, we don't really want to, you know, spread it too wide right now. So kind of keep it quiet. But what we encouraged them to do was to take all of their dozen. Well, pro actually, I believe it was more like a couple hundred ad sets that they had at the time. Right. You know, very, very granular targeting. Target, you know, women 33 to 35 with this ad and 36 to 37 and men, you know, 41. I mean, it was very granular targeting. And they said, we have made some changes to the algorithm important, huge, significant changes. And we believe that the algorithm should now respond 
to a broader kind of broader audiences more effectively. So they asked Bombas to create a brand new, just to really keep the data separate, they asked them to create a brand new um, business manager, brand new ad account, brand new everything, uh, not page, just like right. everything on the ad side. And to experiment with just opening up the targeting, saying, okay, Facebook, just go for anybody in the U.S., period. Mm-hmm. So no interest, <laughs> no gender, no age, none of the stuff you normally think of. Mm-hmm. And they went from a 2x return to a 10x. Wow. And so she said, she gave this to me as kind of early knowledge and said, why don't you try this with some of your accounts? And then you can kind of report back to us and see if you're seeing the same thing. But we're very encouraged that our new algorithm changes are having this big of an impact. So now you can see, and that, that, that has now been like... Codified as best practice, Bombas is one of their darling case studies they always bring up. And it's because it was so effective. So there's a great example of how they've been working to help advertisers not have to go so granular, but be able to open up the targeting, open up the creative with dynamic creative and allow Facebook to really do the job that it has been built to do, which is the machine learning and the, you know, just incredible truly incredible AI that it has. That's really and interesting. And let that, that work for you instead of you trying to beat it so often. Well, that's interesting too, because that also means you're not having to test as much. Am I, am I correct in that assumption? So because you're testing smarter, you're not having to run uh, multiple campaigns for, for testing or looking for better outcomes, right? My best practice is always do testing once a month. Okay. You still always want backup ads because Facebook... Uh, and I've been saying this for years. I've been predicting this for years. Um, I remember years ago having a, a great conversation with a very high-level Facebook person. I said, um, and they told me, and this was years ago when, when the platform was kind of very new. And at the time, ads could run six to eight months, no problem. It felt very much like Google. You know, you get ads mm-hmm. up, you make them effective, and they just got better over time. And this person told me, that's not Facebook's long-term vision. We want to be seen more as like broadcast, more as, you know, television. So Mm -hmm. think of television, you guys. You're not seeing the same Geico commercial from a year ago or even three months ago. And Mm -hmm. you get bored very easily if you did. Facebook really wanted to bring that to a place where it felt like TV. So it felt like commercials. Mm -hmm. It also felt like... And it felt like, you know, fresh, new, creative all the time. So this was several years ago. And, you know, at the time, six to eight months, gosh, you could even get some ads to go for a year. And it was very much a set it and forget it. It felt sort of a platform. Maybe some of you in the chat even remember those good old days. And they said, we want ads to die within six weeks. And so that was a few years ago. Now you definitely know that your ads are dying within three to six, maybe eight weeks. And then they told us, you know, in a kind of more recent conversation, I was told, again, very high level person, they said, we want ads to die in seven days. Wow. And so we'll see. We'll see. But you might start to see an evolution towards that over the next couple of years. And now they've got, they're putting a lot more emphasis on Facebook Watch, right? Mm-hmm. Like all the shows that they're helping to produce or, or right. content creators that they're incentivizing to produce their own shows. So you do see, number one, a, you know, a huge move towards YouTube, which I've been predicting for two or three years mm-hmm. now right. to kind of, you know, become the video platform of choice. And number two, they've been wanting their advertisements to feel more commercial, 
Now that doesn't mean commercial in, in con, you know, in production value. They right. want the ads to feel very native to the platform, but fresh in the same way that t- television is fresh. You very rarely see the same ad weeks after week after week, right? You see definitely not months after months are you seeing the same ads. You're seeing fresh new creative from these right. big companies all the time. They want the same thing from their advertisers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. do you think, so because they're, the, the news is they're limiting, you know, the ads they're, you know, uh-huh. and people are like wigging out like, okay, well, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so you've kind of explained why Facebook is doing this. So, which seems really weird because to me, it's like, you know, Facebook, you know, we've heard all this stuff is they're running out of ad inventory. They need mm-hmm. space. And then it seems like, you know, that, this, you know, by limiting ads are even taking away even more inventory because they're limiting. But you've explained that it's not really that much of a limit when you start adding up how much ads you really get to have. So, and back to what you were saying about this dynamic ad. So, you know, we've talked a lot about with other people, like they don't like to let Facebook create stuff for them. And it makes them, you know, we've talked to a lot of, you know, Facebook experts and, and, and other people who are like, yeah, you can do that, but we've done it. It doesn't really work. And like, I want to do it myself because I can run better split tests, all that kind of stuff. So what do you say to those people? Because it sounds like more and more, and you were really, you know, bullish on like letting this, the Facebook algorithm, because that's what it's made for. The AI is getting better and smarter and it's turning into Skynet and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> sorry, Terminator reference. But um, so what do you say to people who say that? I mean, because that is, I mean, there's a lot of that thinking out there. It's like, I don't want to let Facebook take care of all the creative. I want to do it myself. Okay. So I'm the same way. I'm in the same boat. I have found historically that I get much better results when I can control more myself as an advertiser. Now, most of our clients within our agency, we're spending anywhere between 25,000 and 250,000 per launch or per month. Mm -hmm. And so those are, you know, those are good size budgets. They're definitely not the biggest and they're not the small. They're good size budgets though. And I found that I could maximize their returns when I was able to control more of it myself, like I just said. But Facebook knows that most people are not going to be advanced advertisers. Most people on the platform are new or intermediate. And then you have a a small percentage that I would deem as, you know, more advanced. And so what they said was, let us put all these features in place. And some of them we're going to make mandatory. Some of them will become default. Many of them will become mandatory that will help the average advertiser, whether they be, you know, the average advertiser is going to be more effective. And so as advanced advertisers, we lose a little bit of control, but we can game the algorithm still. So every month I have a massive list. I keep an ongoing doc of all of the features and experiments that I am going to test because I have a membership where people learn ads and they need the freshest, most creative content. So I have literally a master list of features, experiments I've been running for years now. Um, it's a real kind of scientific process log. And I'm always looking for when, you know, a feature becomes good enough that I'm going to recommend it to my membership. Good enough that I'm going to say, okay, guys, new best practices. Now you're going to do it this way. So, you know, I kind of mentioned auto placements a couple of years ago. I was saying, guys, you're not going to get the most effective, you know, money, uh, you're the most effective ROI right. if you are doing auto placements. So here's what I want you to do. Do it this way, this way, this way. The second I 
you know, because I am constantly testing. Right. The second that feature was outperforming the manual way, I immediately switched our membership to, okay, auto placements, everybody makes your life easier. Same thing with dynamic creative. I've been testing dynamic creative for years, waiting for this thing <laughs> to really outperform. Right. And it has not done so until very recently. And I've spent the last 60 days, probably not too much, well, good amount, but like $20,000 really unlocking the potential of dynamic creative. And I've seen a lot of my colleagues I'm hearing from my colleagues that they are experiencing the same thing when they're testing it and they're kind of finding similar results. So let me tell you the formula. It's a very specific formula. Number one, do not do your testing on dynamic creative. I may change that recommendation in the coming weeks or months. I, I will say I'm seeing some data that, that might support a change to that, but not yet. Definitely not yet. You want to bring your most effective creative into dynamic creative or it, it's it's not you're just going to be disappointed so let's say you have two or three ads that have always done super well for you bring them over to dynamic creative in order to enable dynamic creative at the ad set level there's a little slider and it says allow dynamic creative or enable dynamic creative you're going to click that on at the ad set level and then it will turn on the dynamic creative at the ad level for you. At the ad level, you are going to input all 10 images. So it's a maximum of 10. You want to fill up all 10 with images and video. And I have found that you can go about, if you can do thirds, it would be perfect. So maybe, um, well, it's 10, so it's not perfect thirds. But if you do like four images, three gifts, if you have gifts, and three videos, it's like a perfect, perfect thing. If you don't have that, do all 10 images. You can even pull in stock photos. You can even pull in free stock photos from like Unsplash or something. You can buy stock photos. You don't have the stock photo catalog available to you when you use Dynamic Creative, so you won't be able to do that. Right. Free feature from Facebook, but you can pull in your own. If you have gifts, gifts are amazing. Gifts are so easy to create and people get so overwhelmed by them. <laughs> um, go to Giphy.com. Right. Put in a little clip, a 10-second clip of video. It will turn it into a GIF, and those can be so dang powerful on Facebook. And then if you got videos, maybe you only have one. That's fine. Then just do more more images. Right. Um, but if you had like three videos that were really effective under a minute, ideally, it would be insane. Okay. So that's the images thing. Right. The next piece is the text. So the copy, the main copy on Facebook is the copy that goes right above the image and on Instagram goes right below, but it's your main copy. Two versions. Now you can test this on your own account. I've also seen three, seen three versions be effective. Where it is ineffective is one version, two versions, five versions, four versions. I see two and three being the most effective. So experiment on your own account and you can see which one works better for you. For headlines, again, don't max out the headline potential. You can have a max of five headlines. Do your top two. And again, for some accounts, I see three. So two to three headlines. You'll experiment very specifically and see. And I'm telling you, it makes a difference and it varies from account to account. Is it right. two? copy versions? Is it three? Is it two headlines? Is it three? But what I will tell you is very consistent is that max out your image inventory and then two or three copy versions, two or three headlines. And then you will do two 
calls to action. I've not seen one, three, four, or five be effective. You want two. So can I, I want to break in and ask a question is, um, yeah. so when you do these dynamic ads, just because we're talking about the, you know, Facebook limiting ads, yep. how does that work when they count it? Are each one of those ads going to be, I mean, each one of those variations going to be counted or is it going to be? Not two. Yeah. I think it counts as one ad and I don't know that for a fact. Um, I'll need to ask some of my, my contact there because what they said in their release, uh, you know, in in kind of their releases of this information has been, we're pushing people towards dynamic creative Mm -hmm. so that they have a consolidation of their ads. So for me, it's going to count as one ad, but that's, that's the Tara Zerker. Right, that's the Tara Zerker. So I wouldn't count it as, as a fact for right. sure. So I want to bring up this, this point by uh, Joseph. He goes, you know, he has, a, we, when we were talking about what was really shocking, what you were saying is like, you're seeing that Facebook wants you to kill ads. You know, it's, it's starting to go down the time limit. They want it to be like commercials. Yeah. And he goes, you know, uh, I've had ads that be killing it and literally drop dead at seven days and I've been tracking this for about four months and I spent more than 140,000 with one of my clients testing this. So he says he's seeing the same thing. So what I want to ask you is like, so the dynamic ads seems like it's going to be almost some, some ways, the only way some small businesses can keep up because we're not going to be able to create new creative that quickly. And the only way to do that is dynamic ads. Is that kind of what you're seeing in the tea leaves? Well, what I would say to Jeff is honestly, try that exact recipe that I just shared with you and see if a couple of things happen. See if you get more longevity out of your ads. That's happened for me across every account that I've experimented on this with and see if you get a lower CPM. Mm -hmm. And we all know or should know if you're intermediate or advanced, lower CPM means better cost per lead, better cost per purchase, usually, right? And so those two things should absolutely correlate. I have seen CPMs drop to half. I would say that's a more dramatic, but mostly it's like 20, 30% cost savings. That's massive. And so especially on a $140,000 a month budget. So um, try that out and see if that does anything for you. And he, I've got another couple of tricks for getting more longevity out of ads. And these are kind of sp- conspiracy theory tricks. So <laughs> let me share them because I've seen they work really well. So with videos, for example, a lot of people have amazing videos that do so well and then they die. And I didn't see if in that question it was video content. I don't think it mentioned if it was video content or just... No, it was just, it was just ads. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So... If let's say it's videos, because there's a possibility that you are utilizing videos, especially at that budget, then what you can do is once you see a video die, send it to, you know, any, well, just have your video editing team or send it to someone on Fiverr Upwork, crop it in 5%, crop it in 10%. You can even have them zoom it out if you've got like original footage that can be zoomed out, crop it in 6%. You will have then every time your video dies, The conspiracy theory on this is that Facebook takes a little imprint of your video. You know, the pixels and stuff like that. And so if you now put in the same video, but cropped in 5%, 4%, 3%, all the percents, um, as a consumer, you will never notice a difference, right? It won't make the experience uh, any different, but it will give Facebook a new imprint and it will seem like a new video to them. So you can do that with your videos and your GIFs. 
That's really cool. So we have a ton of other news on Facebook actually rolled out a ton this week. So, but before we wrap up the segment, we had some questions from our audience about the the ad number, right? So I think people got tripped up on like the highest ad spend for a year. So one of the questions was, uh, well, actually two of the questions. One was the festival industry and another was wedding industry. Well, obviously they haven't seen a lot of action here. And so as a result, their highest spend this year probably isn't going to be very high. So when this comes to effect come February 2021, I think there's a concern that they're going to miss out on um, on getting into the next level. And then there was another question too, asking if this is just Facebook ads or if Instagram is included in this as well. Facebook and Instagram are included for sure. And then, yeah, that's going to be a tough one to navigate. But again, you should be able to spend pretty effectively a good budget with well under 250 ads. I wouldn't be so concerned about that. But let's say you were you were achieving or uh, reaching that limit. Then hopefully you have a really good rep on your account. And I would just reach out to them and see if they would make an exception. I mean, often if you've got a good rep, and, and here's another great tip, you guys. Often reps will like the marketing experts that mm-hmm. they assign to your account. And those are random, by the way. It has nothing to do with how much you're spending, unless you're spending a ton of money, and then you will most likely get a you know some really right. good help. You want to develop relationships with those people. So I have an amazing rep on one of my accounts right now. Amazing. He's probably top 1% of all reps I've ever worked with. And most reps are not that way. They're going to give you recommendations that are honestly going to waste a lot of money. And so test... Uh, you know, test whatever you want that they, they kind of give you and see what works for your account. Because sometimes they're coming at it from like a big branding approach and you might have a small boutique or maybe you're an online business owner. And those, those strategies don't translate necessarily to your business model and your budget and all these things. So, um, you can test any knowledge that you, or any, any tips that they give to you. But my bigger tip to you with them is develop those relationships. I spend 50% of my time just shooting the breeze because what will happen, you need a bigger limit. You need a more, a higher spending limit. You need this or that you shoot them an email and they'll usually bend over backwards. I've had reps. So many of them couldn't get an ad through. I looked at, you know, I reread all the policies. I mean, it was pristine in its copy. And I've had so many reps at this point print off the ad, walk it up to compliance, put it on somebody's desk and say, here's the, you know, can you read this real quick? Are there any problems? No. Can you take the, you know, ad number and go ahead and approve it? They do it on the spot. So the the big thing there is don't ignore those emails. Don't ignore those phone calls, but get to know them. You know, I know my rep on a very like, know where he lives, how many kids he has. Like we talk all this stuff because you want a personal relationship for when you need a favor, which you'll often need from Facebook. One real question from Mary. She has this because, you know, you're talking about reps and, you know, a lot of people think that's out of their reach. And she asks for accounts with smaller budgets, like, you know, $500 total, would you still recommend doing that dynamic creative recipe? And then like follow up with that would be the, the rep kind of stuff that you just said. So, yes, 100%. So even on a $500 and I'm going to assume per month 
account. You're going to spend the first month might just be testing. So let's say you don't have good ads and you never had good ads. You're going to spend between 250. We specialize in our membership. We, most people come in with smaller budgets and then they graduate very quickly to midsize, even, you know, very large budgets. But most people come in on budgets like that. And so you're going to spend 250 to $500 getting a good ad. Mm. I don't recommend doing your testing in dynamic creative. I think it just wastes your money. I, I do not see that being effective. I suggest a manual testing approach. And then you can take the learnings from that testing and then you can put it into dynamic creative, apply the recipe I just gave you. And that's where you're going to see magic start to happen for sure. And so, yeah, Very absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. That's about 15 bucks a day, something like that. 500 bucks a month. I don't do math on live video. I'm sorry, but I'll, I'll agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> $10 a day is 300. Yeah. yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. So you're going to want to be really, you just need to do your testing, find probably one good audience and then get some success with that budget. And then you start to increase it because as we all know, it's very addicting. You start to see success <laughs> in right. your budget. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Facebook rolled out another new product this week, and it is the Facebook Business Suite, which is a new cross-app management tool created specifically for small businesses in mind. So those people with that $500 a month budget, which is awesome, $15 a day, I'm going to go with that number. They will now have this tool where you can manage your pages and your profiles on Facebook, Instagram, and Messenger. WhatsApp is currently not included, but they will be integrating it at next year they said. So it brings together all the publishing, messaging, and analytics into a single dashboard. They're calling it Simplicity and Centralized Control for Content Management. And it is rolling out globally now. It is a mobile app. It's a standalone mobile app, but I believe you can also access it on the desktop. So Tara, have you had a chance? I know this just rolled out yesterday when we were preparing for the show, but have you had a chance to check out this new tool? And can you let us know what you think about it? Well, I have not seen it out in the wild yet, but okay. it looks very cool, especially if you're managing content. Mm. So it's not going to pull in the ads features, but it seems like it's going to pull or I guess boosted posts. Uh, it's going to be more for the content side of things, it seems like. So if you're on the content production management side, attending to comments, I think is really intriguing because if you've got all these comments coming from all these channels, it seems like it's going to be a really great management tool for that. Uh, there's so many tools now. And I, I was right. reading through the comments in, when Mike Stelzner announced this feature. And boy, there was a lot of like, oh, brother, another tool. Know. That's you know? what I thought too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it, it's yet to be seen how this will work. But from what I could see, just kind of looking at it, you know, not using it personally yet. It looks like, especially if you are managing multiple assets, your Instagram, and I don't know if it's for, maybe Grace, you would know if it's, can you bring in more than, you know, a couple of accounts? Like I, I would assume you can. And it seems like if you're managing, you know, Instagram page, Facebook page, all the comments, blah, blah, blah. It looks like a really cool centralized tool. We'll see how it is though. Cause you know what? I feel like it's always buggy in the beginning um, and yeah. improves over time. 
So yeah, that was my question too, is I, I, we couldn't find out if you can like drop down and switch between accounts because that would make it really, really handy for social media managers. So if you're listening to Facebooks, we really, we really want that. Um, so what is the difference between this, uh, new Facebook business suite app, which is what it's called and business manager, because I know, you know, they're pushing people to go into business manager more and they may even require it. And so can you kind of explain what the difference is between the two? And, you know, I, I'm getting kind of Facebook app overwhelm a little bit. So uh, I kind agree. Of, kind of walk us through that. Cause there's creator studio. Now, if you're doing other stuff you yeah. want to do. And so it's like, Oh my gosh, so many apps. So specifically between this Facebook business suite app and business manager. Well, and I think it's yet to be seen out in the wild. You know, I, mm-hmm. I've yet to see somebody who's used it or, I've not used it yet personally, but to me, the feeling of it, so just kind of the feel of it is that business manager seems to feel more admin-y and more mm-hmm. who, you know, kind of who's managing what pages and, and the credit cards and all, you know, kind of more of like the admin piece of it. It almost feels like the project manager side of um, management, whereas the new app feels more like the creative department, maybe side of, of management. Does that make sense? So if you had to, right. if you had to like put them into human roles, you might say business manager is like the project manager managing the details, who's on, what are the, the payment plans, like all the kind of details of things and also very much more ads focused there's a much heavier focus on ads, whereas the new business suite seems more like the creative director side of things. So if you had to give them human titles, that's kind of what I would, how I would classify them is what it seems to me. But again, I've yet to see it in the wild and it could be completely off, but it definitely looks more like the content piece of it versus you're not going to see a lot of ads stuff there. Right. Is there an app that that you use quite a bit for like for helping you manage or are you all desktop based? Tara? You know, I really just, I guess I just like the good old fashioned way. I do mostly desktop, desktop combined with my apps that I use for planning content is Planoly. So I am very intrigued by this because if it could kind of give some, you know, better planning tools. And I know we've got Creator Studio and things like that, but I was looking through it myself and thinking, hmm, this could be very interesting, very intriguing for sure. Very cool. Well, the impression we have of it is that, or at least that I have of it, is that it's business manager plus page manager as a mobile app, but renamed and rolled out as the <laughs> Facebook business suite. Gotcha. So again, this is rolling out. Facebook said it's rolling out globally. Uh, we just heard about it last or yesterday, so not even 24 hours ago. So if you are interested in checking it out, we are told that you have to link your Facebook and Instagram business accounts if you have not done so already on the desktop, you log on to Facebook and then you can go to business.facebook.com to see if you have access to it. And then on mobile, if you already use the page manager app, apparently we're told that you will see an option within there to download the business suite instead. So it looks like they are seeing it as more of a replacement for that business for the pages man page manager app if not i think you can also find it on ios and android so those of you in the audience that are interested in checking out that's where you can find it very cool very cool so this last section is about facebook's improved advertiser brand advertiser safety Mm -hmm. tools they've announced these kind of new safety controls for advertisers based on the exclusion so uh, tara break this down for us what does this mean especially kind of coming from your ads background 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's been a lot of backlash uh, against Facebook, all the platforms actually, of advertisers saying, I don't want my advertisements, you know, on so-and-so's political videos, for right. example, right. or, <laughs> you know, things like that, or maybe um, on overly uh, explicit videos or materials that Facebook has. And so, They're giving us more, as advertisers, more protection for our brand. And so what you do is in the little pancake menu up on the left-hand side of your ads manager, you can go there under business tools. There is a brand safety little section. Click on that and you can go into that section. You can basically adjust some of the controls. So videos, for example. You know, we talked about Facebook just more and more becoming a video platform. Mm -hmm. So many videos. So now you can go in and you can select, you know, I don't want my ads to go on political videos, news videos, religious videos, religious and spirituality videos, or gaming videos. Mm. So they're starting to release more and more controls and allow us to decide what kind of content we want our ads to be seen next to. Because for some brands, it's going to be very misaligned right. if their ad shows up. You mm-hmm. know, so, in the wrong so, so you don't want like, if you're having a Coke ad, you don't want Pepsi to show up is what you're kind of saying is what... Uh, yes. And likewise, you can also state, you can also tell them there's like block lists mm. and you can tell Facebook, hey, I don't want my ads to ever appear on these URLs or against these other channels. And so you can kind of tell Facebook, you know, don't put my, if you're Pepsi, you can say, don't put my ads on Coke.com. Your ad probably wouldn't show up there anyway, but as where the audience network, you know, operates or, you know, I don't want my ads to show up on anything related to, you know, Coke's page, et cetera. So you can totally tell Facebook like where, you want your things to be seen and where you don't want, well, not where you want, but where you don't want your things to be seen. Very cool. interesting. I like that clarification because it's not like we could say only run social media examiner ads on our social media, YouTube channel or, or Facebook channel, right? It's Facebook page. Right. Um, right. Can you tell us where we can find and manage these settings? Like, is there a place mm-hmm. we can go into? Yep, absolutely. So in Ads Manager, you're going to navigate to it from Ads Manager, top left-hand corner of Ads Manager. I always call it the pancake menu or the hamburger menu. Um, The new icon looks like a bunch of like a little checkerboard, maybe. Anyways, you click that little icon and that's where it's going to pull open all the stuff, you know, audience insights, your um, events, uh, pixels, like all the little, the whole menu of you know, kind of the behind the scenes um, stuff that happens inside of Ads Manager. And under that menu, it's going to say um, brand security. You click that and then it's pretty, it's pretty intuitive from there. You click that, it opens up a new little page for you. And then you can select the controls that feel um, authentic to your brand and, and like, yeah. So you cool. can just do it that way. It's super Very simple. Cool. Cool. Thank you. Thank you for reminding us again, because yes. I know that the, that's always a big question. Yes, exactly. On the topic of videos. So earlier this month, as part of a recent topic update for Facebook Watch, which is, of course, Facebook's you know main video channel, uh, Facebook noted that it's in the early stages of testing out a new organic video posting testing tool. So these aren't necessarily ads, right? But these are just the organic video content. So this will help creators do that A-B testing of their video 
your posts. Now, it seems like some users are now seeing this option in the new create post, uh, create post test option appearing within their creator studio apps. So again, it's currently available with specific partners, but the admins will be able to find the post testing tab in the content library and creator studio. So this is an interesting update. So not necessarily ads focused, but definitely video creator focused. So what we know so far is it's currently only available for specific people, specific admins. But have you had a chance to check out this new organic? Because I know it popped up on our own channel, popped up on social media examiners. I'm not sure how wide and far. So have you had a chance to check it out? I haven't seen it appear for me yet. Apparently it's rolling out, but it's very cool. So basically you can test out different, um, I mean, different thumbnails, mm. different intros to your video. And this is going to require, if you want to use this tool, which I think, why wouldn't you? It's going to require systematizing your content um, a little bit, right? So your kind of production uh, uh SOPs might change a little bit because you might be telling your editors, hey, you know, let's test out two or three different um, kind of intros or uh, uh, two or three different, uh, you know, thumbnails, that sort of thing. Right. How, whatever you kind of decide is going to be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too in the weeds with it. Like I wouldn't be doing, you know, something that overwhelms your team or anything right. like that because you could just go crazy with it. But maybe one or two variations, and then you'll be able to allow Facebook to say, all right, show this organic post to X number of people or for X number of time, and then post to the page, whichever one does the best. So it's pretty, I think it's very cool automation and AI uh, so requires a little bit more on your end of kind of coming up with these variations, but why not? I mean, we know that the first few seconds of a video is so critical to people continuing to watch it. We know that thumbnails are so important. And, you know, I feel like Social Media Examiner does such an amazing job on YouTube. And I've heard my talk about how you can, you know, swap out the thumbnails as so much right. gives you just so much amazing data. And it seems like Facebook is following a little bit in those tracks now of Hey, let's, let's allow a little bit more flexibility, especially on the front end. So our social media marketers, they can be more effective, which I think is really cool. So I'm going to go back to what you were talking about, you know, when you're talking about dynamic ads creation, could you take some of those tips and maybe try it? Like you had mentioned what was really cool is like zooming in on the video, like 5% or 10% and seeing if that could you use that, this tool to actually test some of that stuff out. And then if it's working organically, is that when you would throw some ad money behind it after using this tool? Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you had, I mean, obviously you'd want a video with a call to action mm -hmm. into the top of a well-performing funnel, but that's a great idea. I mean, use this tool to get some good early intelligence for your ad efforts, um, get it organically. And what I'm curious about too, you know, whenever Facebook releases a new tool or feature, sometimes they give you a little bit more push, a little bit more viewership. So if you use that, will they incentivize you to use that by giving you a little bit more organic reach? Yeah, that's amazing because then you don't have to pay for yeah. it. And then when you pay for yeah. something, you are going in with a little bit of early, you know, intelligence on what might be more effective. Right. We all like free. 
for sure. So yes, right. So um, Tara, this has once again been a ton of great information. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I know this is one that I will go back and rewatch. And a lot of people in the comments have already said how great this was and how much they loved all the information. But we want to give you a chance to tell people where they can find out more about you. And there's even questions in the comments I know that you'll come and follow up on. But uh, yeah, so tell us where it's the best place to find out about you and your services. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much, Jeff. Um, well, we have created a really cool kit. And this is something, you know, we've done hundreds of very expensive one-on-one sessions with people over the years. And it usually comes down to the same 20 or 30 questions or problems, um, you know, gaps in their funnels that we can quickly plug. And so we have this really really awesome kit. I'm telling you the 27 words to never use on Facebook and Instagram. If your ads, you want to make your ads the least expensive possible. The headline formulas that like nine times out of 10 always work extremely well for us. Image examples that might surprise you and how you can utilize those into your own campaigns. It's kind of like a full little ads kit with a bunch of insider secrets, I guess you might say, for how to be super effective. So you can grab that kit. It's free at youradkit.com. It comes with a very uh, special promotion for SAC, our Successful Ads Club, if you're interested in our membership, uh, where you get it at the best rate we have ever offered. So if you're kind of looking and you're in the comments, I saw a few people, um, go get that kit because it gives you a better access point. So youradkit.com and that will get you there. Awesome. Tara, thank you so much. You did. I mean, it was such a a jam-packed section with you. (laughs) And uh, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next time. Bye. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. Bye. Thank you, Tara. But wait, there's more. We've still got a couple more blurbs. And I want to make sure we get a couple of these because I know we talked about live video. Uh, This one is pretty important. So Facebook clarifies guidelines for including music in video. So this is some big news. So uh, Facebook shared its new guidelines and product improvements around music in Instagram and Facebook videos and live streams. So music in stories and traditional live music performances. So like if you go see a concert... Uh, it is permitted, but uh, full-length recorded tracks like probably aren't going to go through it very well. You're probably going to get a, a warning on that one. Uh, they really recommended short uh, clips of music, and there should always be a visual component to your video. So you don't want to just be doing, you know, Jeff's DJ jams uh, and letting just the music play. So uh, it's recorded audio should not be the primary purpose of the video. So if you're a live concert, you want to show everybody in your Instagram story what's going on. That kind of stuff seems to be uh, being a little bit l- kind of loosened up a little bit. So the guidelines are consistent across live and recorded video on both Facebook and Instagram and for all types of accounts. So pages, profiled, vertified, and un- Unvertified accounts was this is rolling out too. So, but it also wanted to let you guys know Facebook in this release said they do have a library of uh, custom music and sound effects with no cost, just so you're safe. And that's at Facebook Sound Collection. And uh, so it's it's going to beef up these new notifications that you're going to get alerts about uh, if it's going to detect something in your broadcast. But make sure you go check this out if you are you know especially you're doing well we're we're all kind of not doing events, but if you're going to when live music if you see it somewhere or you're going to it make sure you you check out some of these rules and make sure you're all uh, in compliance, but they do seem to be uh, loosening some of that stuff out, up a little bit. Yeah. So, and you're saying, Jeff, when we were preparing for the show, this has more to do with like the gaming videos, right? Like the 
like the gamer videos. There's, a, they, there's a whole nother whole release of, for the gaming videos where you're allowed to actually have music playing in the background, but it's got to be in the background of your game. You need to have your game music and all that stuff there too. But uh, there's this whole thing that happened in the news where Twitch like shut down all these people and everybody was in an uproar. Facebook, of course, is like, hey, come over to us and, you know, they want it. But uh, yeah, so as long as you're not just having, ga- you know, you're saying this is a game and you're streaming music like, you know, Jeff's DJ Jams, which I should copyright, by the way. But anyway, uh, yeah, so just don't do that. You want to be playing a game. That's the whole reason of the stream. But they're saying you can have live music. You can have music behind you uh, on right. certain things. They're still going to be blocking artists who have not given permission. Right. No, absolutely. No. And that, that guide uh, is important. The, the sound Facebook sound collection, because Facebook does have these partnerships with a ton of music publishing right. uh, companies. So more likely than not, you're going to find the music that you want for your videos in right. there. So on the Instagram side, Facebook also announced that they are rolling out automatic captions for IGTV. And these are beginning with on-demand videos in six languages globally. So this is this rollout is following the launch of automatic captionings for uh, Facebook Live and in Workplace Live, which uh, became available this past March in six languages. Users will be able to see these captions automatically when there's no sound and they'll also have the ability to control when and how the captions are viewed in the settings. They can be toggled on and off, which is pretty standard, pretty standard setting. It's a small step, but an important step, especially for um, trying to get more viewership on IGTV and to engage people more. More, right because right. like most people have their stuff uh like on silent or whatever and then you just see it and you and it right. intrigues you to go forward so right. again this is a for on-demand video so it's not necessarily videos so these are the ones that you are searching for yeah so next yeah. up is a youtube beta test tiktok rival shorts so it's called Shorts, and it's really just TikTok. So uh, they announced uh, yesterday Shorts is a new short form video experience for creators and artists who want to shoot short, catchy videos using nothing but their mobile phones. And so it's 15 seconds over on YouTube. It's launching an early beta of Shorts in India over the next few days. So it's going to allow you to put strings of multiple video clips together, record with music and adjust the video speed. Uh, There's a timer and you can do it hands-free. So once again, this is rolling out just to India as a test. So uh, here we go. It's going to be another uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok kind of ish war. Yeah. So that is our news for today, guys. Thank you so much for being here. We want to make sure that you do not forget about the YouTube Marketing Summit that we're doing over on socialmediaexaminer.com. If you wish you had like more engaged YouTube following that can turn into, you know, deeper, more engaged customers, if you need to diversify beyond Facebook, listen, we can help. So at the YouTube Marketing Summit, we've got 12 of the top marketing pros. They're going to show you how to increase your reach, create amazing engagement, and sell actually sell more with YouTube. So this online training event is brought to you by your friends over at Social Media Examiner. You can find more about that at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash summit. That's socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash summit. So go there, check it out. It's going to be an amazing event. And as always, we'd love for you guys to check out our podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify with new episodes publishing every Saturday. We'd love for you guys to go over there give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate that. And our next show is on Friday, September 25th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find us always at Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And wherever you are, you can find out what we'll be talking about and our schedule at socialmediaexaminer.com 
forward slash live show. That's socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash live show. We will see you at our next show. Thank you, Jeff, for being an awesome host, as you always are every week. And a special thank you to our guest, Tara Zerker. So she went above and beyond. So she went deep into these topics. And I will be also re-listening to this episode when it comes out as a podcast tomorrow, because there's a lot of points. I'm like, wait a minute, what? Wait. (laughs) Exactly. Good stuff. So take notes. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you guys next time. Bye now. Bye, everyone. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.